and Slag Creek. It was no more than a wide place in the road between the hills. On the town's outskirts were the workyards, where railroad cars loaded up coal from all over the county and carried it to points east and north. That's how Coal Station got its name. Coal Station had only two streets, and they followed the lay of the land. There was Main Street, where all the businesses were located, running parallel to Black River. And there was Residence Street, the only place around for miles where you could build a house without going up in a holler or hanging it off the side of a hill. It ran parallel to Slag Creek. Residence Street was, in fact, the brightest spot in all the county. And among the other nice houses there was the one in which I, Gypsy Arbutus Leemaster, lived with my mother and stepfather, Porter Dotson, editor of the Mountain Echo. Our house was a modern one-story brick ranch with white shutters, a front porch, and the only picture window in town. We had a telephone, two radios, a phonograph, a refrigerator, a stand-up freezer, and an electric stove. Next door to us, Granny and Grandpa Ball had the same conveniences in one of those big old white green-shuttered two-story houses with a wraparound porch on both floors. They also had a television set where you could sometimes see one real fuzzy channel from Charleston, West Virginia, if the weather was perfect. It was the mountains, according to Grandpa, interfering with reception. Surrounding our two houses was a wide expanse of cool green grass and about fifty apple trees, which we called the orchard. What a wonder and a joy to behold in the spring when they all bloomed. There were also azaleas, pink and fuchsia, not to mention the lilac bushes down by the creek and the wild dogwood. People walking by our houses would sometimes stop there on the road and look and look like they couldn't believe their dad-burned eyes. And that was the general appearance of my world that spring when Woodrow came to us. Everything fresh and bright, pink and white. Mama reminded me how privileged I was, how fortunate, and I didn't doubt her word one bit. Except when a certain nightmare came to haunt me. Then I couldn't help feeling more plagued than privileged. It had something to do with a dead animal, and I would wake up sobbing or screaming. Even though Aunt Belle was Mama's sister, I had seen very little of her and Woodrow in my whole life. I had the idea from somewhere that there had been some kind of rift between the two sisters years ago, but when I asked Mom about it, she said, Of course not. We were close. We loved each other. Still, I wondered. Woodrow had lived way up in the head of that holler with his mother and father without any plumbing or even a refrigerator, and he and I had always gone to different schools. We were the same age as I had turned 12 in November and he had turned 12 sometime in January that year, and we were the same size, four feet ten inches tall and ninety-two pounds. But we had practically nothing else in common that I knew of then. Woodrow was gawky and backward and wore heelbilly clothes that were hand-me-downs from his daddy and his daddy's brother, Russell. Once, when we were about ten, I saw Woodrow, and his pants were too long and too big in the waist, so he had a rope tied around his middle to keep them up. He sure looked funny that day, and I think he felt self-conscious, too, because it was my birthday and I had on a frilly blue dress and black patent leather slippers. Another time, when I saw him at Christmas, he had on an oversized cap where you could pull the flaps down over your ears. He was proud of that ugly old thing. And I'll tell you something else about Woodrow, though I really don't want to. He was cross-eyed. Sometimes you couldn't tell if he was looking at you or not, and he had to wear real thick glasses. I couldn't wait to visit Woodrow that spring night when he moved in next door. I wanted to know if he had any secret knowledge or theories about what had happened to his mother. It was a Friday, and I was in my blue jeans parked on a stool in front of my dresser while Mama plaited my blonde hair in two long pigtails. 
the way I liked to wear it when I had a chance to play. It was the only way I could tolerate having hair longer than Rapunzel's. Now don't you go over there and aggravate him about Aunt Belle, you hear me? Mama said to me. Gee whiz, I'm not a moron, I protested. Well, I should hope not, she said. He's been through a lot and he deserves some consideration, so don't go pestering him to death. Pester him? You make me sound like a cockroach, Mama giggled. Go on then and cheer him up. Tell him the eyeball joke. It's so funny and you tell it so well. I swelled up a bit. It was a known fact that I could tell good jokes. Mama pecked me on the cheek and we smiled at each other in the mirror. My mama was very beautiful. Everybody said so. And she smelled good all the time, like Christmas candy. And her hair put you in mind of one of those halo shampoo ads. I slid off the stool and headed out the door. Tell him hey for me and welcome. Mama called after me.